Our scripture this morning will come from 1 Kings chapter 21, 19 through 23, and chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. Say to him, This is what the Lord says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, This is what the Lord says. In the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, dogs will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. Ahab said to Elijah, So you have found me, my enemy. I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. He says, I am going to bring disaster on you. I will wipe out your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nabat, and that of Basha, son of Ahijah, because you have aroused my anger and have caused Israel to sin. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. For three years there was no war between Aram and Israel. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel. If you're joining us on uh, YouTube, you won't be here to pick up your book, and I want you to know that they'll be available in the office anytime you want to come by and get them. There's a limited number, so uh, please come on in and grab a copy. I think you'll really enjoy the family fun questions with mom and uh, be blessed by that. Uh, it would be remiss of me because I know my mom's tuned in not to say, Happy Mother's Day, I love you very much. Uh, I repent of the times I didn't obey as well as I should have. I hope that uh, I continue to uh, honor you by honoring God in this way. It's amazing how the stories of bad kings just seem to litter uh, that later half of Israel's history. And it's, uh, the, the story of Ahab and Jezebel is just a, a, a quintessential one because it talks about the way an evil king combined with an evil woman to make life very difficult for Elijah and for anybody who loved the Lord. We have to go nearly to the end of Israel's as a nation before the exile's history to find an exception to that rule. It almost seemed that generation after generation, a father and I would say a mother participate in leading a son who then becomes king to go away from the Lord rather than going to the Lord. The exception we find comes up in 1 Kings chapter 20, end of 21 and end of 22. And then we're going to look a little later at the second version of the story, the hero version of the story, in 2 Chronicles 34. It's the story of Josiah, whose father was Ammon, who did evil in the sight of the Lord, is what the writer says, and whose grandfather was named Manasseh. And other than Ahab and Jezebel, there are very few kings that get as much as written badly about as Manasseh. And the difference is that Ahab is the king in the north in Israel. Manasseh is the king on the throne in Jerusalem where the temple of the Lord is. 
And he did all kinds of terrible things, particularly sacrificed babies to uh, what the God called Molech and in the streets and blood everywhere. The, the description is very difficult. Sorry, probably not the best thing to talk about on Mother's Day. But his, I'm getting to the good part. His son followed in his steps, and he was so corrupt and so bad that some people, in reality, his advisors, ended his life. And then Josiah, when he was eight years old, began to rule in Israel. And while it seems that some sort of, uh, you know, caretaker or guardian kind of takes charge initially, Second Chronicles will tell us that by his eighth year of his reign, so when he's 16 years old, and you need to think about that time of life as kind of this educational process. I grow up and I learn. And again, who were his role models? His grandfather, the terrible Manasseh. His, his father, Ammon, the terrible. So bad that he's one of the few kings that gets assassinated by his own folks. Josiah begins to tear down all of the idols in Jerusalem. He then begins to tear down the idols in the area around Jerusalem. And then he will take expeditionary forces to go to the north, where he really actually doesn't have a whole lot of of authority, but he begins to tear down the idols there as well. One has to ask, what changed for Josiah? How did he become a different kind of king and a different kind of person? The scene that you see on the screen is a description, a very beautiful description of something that happens in his life. He in the process of restoring not only the worship of God, he repairs the temple and they go into some vaults, they're called, but closets where stuff gets thrown in there and they they were looking for donations that they could use to spend to restore the temple and to get the sacrifices going. And somebody stumbles upon a copy of the law. And you need to understand what it would be to be the people of God and not know where the law of God was. It wasn't that they said, we found another copy. It's, we've found, the language there is, we have found the law. And Josiah reacts in a very unique way. If you'd join me in reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 34... While they were bringing out the money that had been taken into the temple of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the Lord, book of the law of the Lord. Again, the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. Hilkiah said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. And he gave it to Shaphan. Then Shaphan took the book to the king. And reported to him. Now, what I want you to know is that I think if I had found the book of the law of the Lord, I think I'd be, that would be what I would lead with, wouldn't it? Is there anything more important than that? Except that Shaphan knew how hard Josiah had been working to reestablish the rule of God in, in Judah and even in Israel. To dedicate his life to doing what God would have him do. And so he starts in this way. Your officials are doing everything that has committed to them. 
They have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord, having entrusted it to supervisors and workers. And 2 Chronicles 34 will go into great detail of all the people who get involved in that process. He leads with, this is what you told us to do and we did it. And then the next phrase is, and then Saphon the secretary informed the king. Hilkiah the priest has given me, and look at the different description here, has given me a book. And Saphan Saphan read it, read from it in the presence of the king. In verse 19, when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes, he tore his clothing, a sign of great lament and sorrow. He tore his clothes. You see, a king who had been trying to do everything that God wanted him to do, but had been doing it without any real clear direction. He didn't know where to go and what to do. He had torn down the idols. He had made great progress in reestablishing that as long as I'm king, all we're going to worship is the Lord God, Jehovah. But he didn't know all that God asked. And when he heard the word of the Lord, when he heard the law of the Lord, He tears his robes because he realizes, and if you continue the reading in 34, I really want to encourage you to do that. Great section to read, especially, by the way, and I think I'll connect this in just a second, on Mother's Day. It's a great thing to read because he laments all, and it says very specifically, because we have left the things, we have left undone the things that God wanted us to do. His conscience is pricked instantaneously. His father before him had done everything he could do to destroy the worship of God and to lead people astray. His grandfather had done everything he could do to lead people away from what God wanted them to do. And it's not hard to imagine that somewhere in that process somebody said, I don't want to hear from the Lord anymore. Take that scroll and throw it, maybe not away, but put it somewhere where we can't find it. We don't want to hear about it. That is not Josiah's reaction. And we have to ask the question, what changed from Manasseh and Ammon? And I will tell you that the text seems to point us to his mother, a woman named Jedidah. You see, it is commonly thought that fathers have the biggest influence on where a child would go, especially in this society, this paternal society. But there's no father from eight years until he turns 16 when he starts reforming everything that's going on. Jedediah, his mother, had taken him and said, you're not going to go the way of your father. You're not going to go the way of your grandfather. You're going to do what the Lord wants. And when he finally heard the word of the Lord, it broke his heart. What the rest of the story tells us, it broke his heart and he began to do even more to bring back in the worship of God, to honor God with everything he can do. Chapter 35 will tell us that he sets up the celebration of the Passover and it's thought that it hadn't happened for generations and generations. All because he had a mother. A mother who said, don't forget about God. I hope you're thankful for a mom who consistently told you, don't 
forget about God. We don't know where her strength came from. We don't know how she had the opportunity and the ability. Again, she was able to form her son from such a young age before he really got pulled into the royal court and and pushed in that way. She was able to form and shape him so that his rule changes a lot of things in Israel, reestablishes the love of God for the, in, in, in Judah. It, we have to almost think that as we read the 31st chapter of the book of Proverbs, we read about that wonderful woman that closes out the, the story, this wise woman, in the same way that so many words from the Proverbs kind of add up to what a wise man is, well, guess what? There's a wise woman that we talk about at the end of that. And apparently, apparently, Josiah's mom knew about that woman and wanted to make her the model of her own life. It's kind of interesting. Right there in the middle of 31, that last section, there's these beautiful words. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Now make no mistakes, when you're reading the book of Proverbs and you read about wisdom, it is a highly exalted thing. It isn't about being smart as much as it is knowing God, not just knowing about Him, but knowing God and knowing the life that pleases God. She opens her mouth with wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. It's a powerful thing to hear about. It made a difference in renewing a nation. It did not stop the exile from occurring, but it at least reminded the people of who their God was before they went into exile. And I'm not sure that it would have happened if it wasn't for a mother who, when she opened her mouth, wisdom was to be found and loving instruction was always on her tongue for Josiah. I want to encourage you that we need to be people who see our mothers with renewed eyes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where we've spent so much time on over the last few months, the idea that we see no one from a worldly point of view. Even though we saw, used to see Christ that way, we don't see that anymore. And I'm telling you that we don't need to see our mothers with the world's point of view. We need to see our mothers with God's point of view, with renewed eyes. We need to be very diligent, first of all, in appreciating the unique perspective that God has given her for discernment. The very best decisions I make as a parent, the very best decisions I, as I used to make as a parent and I make now, I can promise you that Sharon's voice is a big part of those. I can promise you that, that the life that my mother lived and the things that she says has a big influence on the way I do ministry right here and right now. We need to appreciate that they have a different perspective Not a wrong perspective, but a different perspective. And when we appreciate that, we have opened our eyes to what God wants us to see, not just in our mothers, not just in our wives, but the women around us who encourage and nurture and bless us. Secondly, if we're going to see mothers with renewed eyes, we can't ever squelch their voice, and we need to ensure that they're heard because they have something to say. And we miss a lot of what God wants to speak into our lives. Can you imagine if someone had taken Josiah and said, Jedidah, you be quiet. I don't want to hear any more from you about this, this Jehovah, this God. Instead, 
Jedidah. And again, I would have to say, you read the history of this time, had to be against all odds. Said, no, I will be heard. And maybe most of all, even at 8, 9, 10, 11, keep counting his years, Josiah heard his mother's voice and made sure that it was listened to. Finally, if we're going to see our mothers with renewed eyes, we need to be relying on them as a source of wisdom for all of life. My mom's been through a lot of things. And what I discover is the more I listen to her at 81, the more I listen to her, the more I realize that there is still wisdom for life in her voice. But see, I've been granted this double blessing because I get to hear from Sharon as well. And I find that her voice brings great wisdom to anything and everything that I do. And I repent of the days when I bow up and say, no, I'm the man. Because what I need to do is hear that God is speaking to me through her. And as I look around this audience, I can see other women who've blessed me with their voice and who I hope that when you hear from me, you hear that my heart is open to what God would say through you and through many of you who can't be here. But I have to turn it just real quick for you. Sorry, moms. We usually reserve this for Father's Day, but you get it this year. I hate to say that. We also need to call on our mothers. And again, as I said at the beginning of the service, it's not just the women who are physically our mothers, biologically our mothers, but it's all the women that surround us that are like those mothers. And we need you to help us. We need you, moms. We need you, moms, to let the fear of the Lord shape you into the woman that God wants you to be. We desperately need that voice to be the primary voice that you hear. And yes, you may hear what the Lord has to say through your own mother. That's not what I'm discounting, but we need you to hear that voice and we need you to follow it. Please don't let anything else be the primary thing that shapes who you are so that when those of us who are blessed by you are loved and cared for and encouraged, it is by the voice and the hand and the encouragement of the Lord. Secondly, mothers, we need you to embrace. We need you to embrace your role as a powerful partner in shaping the next generation. In shaping the next generation at home. Somebody say amen. In shaping the next generation in this congregation and in churches all over the world. Because in reality, we need you to embrace your role as a powerful partner in shaping the next generation of what the kingdom's going to be. Because if we don't hear your voice, then we've only heard half of what God has to say. And we need you to embrace that. You do it in such a beautiful way. You do it in such a kind way. But please embrace that role. Um... We had a video a few years ago called Mom Goggles. You may or may not remember it. Google uh, Mom Goggles, and I think it'll take you to a copy of it. Because the third thing is, moms, we need you to need a renewed generation because 
We need you to see what, we can't, what can be in all of us, not just what is. Let's be sure and say, I'm speaking to you as someone whose mom didn't just see what I was. She saw what I could be. And I'm really blessed because I watched Sharon not just see what Drew and, and, and Elise could be, but she saw not just what they were, but what they could be. And what's just so exciting is to watch them become people with their, with their spouses, with Jason and with Catherine, and becoming more and more the people that God wants them to be. And you know, here's my great goal. Our great goal is that they will surpass us in bringing in the kingdom of God. Not because they're better than we are, but because we launched them to do that. Moms, we need you to see what can be and not just what is. You may at times, and if you're a mom, you may think this. I think all mothers think this at some point. You may question the real influence that you have. I just want to point to one example. You see, Jesus goes through his ministry and comes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it is this moment of decision. Am I going to do what God says or am I not? Jesus will say, not my will, but yours. And in a powerful way, in a powerful way, we see a seed of that same idea in the way his mother reacts when God calls her to something very difficult. As we transition at this time to the celebration of the Lord's Supper, let the examination of our hearts focus on whether or not we do the same. As we take the bread and take the cup, do we say to God, as Jesus and his mother before him, yes, the number one thing I'll be is the Lord's servant. And may it be as you say, not what I want. Oh, sacred head now
Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your son. We thank you so much for sending him here on this earth. And we thank you for his death on the cross and for rising again. Lord, we pray that you'll be with us now as we take of this bread. We pray that you'll bless it. And we pray that you'll just be with us as we take it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe that all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. Let's pray. Father, again, we're so thankful for your love for us that you would send your son to die on the cross. And we pray that you'll be with us as we partake of this fruit of the vine. Pray that you will bless it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more thank everybody who got involved in the uh, prayer, the congregational prayer that we put together on Thursday. And I know that even if you, you didn't send a, a, a card, I know that a lot of you watched it. If you haven't yet, please go to our Facebook page and look at that update there. I think you're going to really be blessed by that prayer together. Uh, it was a really neat time. And, and it just is, I am blessed every time I hear the prayers of this congregation. And and that was a small way to do that and appreciate it very much. We want to keep Robin and Donna Marie Lee in our prayers. Uh, they have a grandchild. Jesse was uh, recorded 102 temperature a couple of days ago. They wanted to be here so bad. And uh, with all the instructions, they still appealed. Can we still come? We said, no, you can't. And uh, so it appears, am I correct in saying he did not get a diagnosis of COVID, correct? He's, he's good. Okay. Also want to let you know that Jesus Haro who we've been praying for a while. Uh, we got a note from Sylvia that he is officially declared COVID-free. Somebody say hallelujah. We're really, really thankful for that. Yes, you can clap. That'd be wonderful. So again, the invitation. Have we participated in putting, let the old things pass and bringing in the new? We've asked that of our moms today. Are they going to be those who, 
who let the old things pass and let God's redefinition of who they should be take a hold. But isn't that the call for all of us? And not just at the moment of our baptism, but throughout all of life, are we going to be a people who say, I want to put the old things of sin and death away, and I want to become the new that God wants me to be. However, we can help you in that process, whether you're here or you're on YouTube. We pray that you would reach out. If we can help you, take one more step towards bringing in the new of God, the new of Christ, the coming kingdom in your life.